Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin, the only Monk rewatch podcast where there's no Funkin' involved, but there are two great hosts. Well, one great host and then me, but I'm your host, Jake Christie, and I am joined, as always, by the first-time Monk viewer of the two of us, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Hey, Jake. Um, I'm great, man. I'm, uh, I'm ready for this. Let's go. I'm glad to hear it. Um, we're here to talk about, uh, you know, episode 10. We're up to episode big 10 of Monk, Mr. Monk and the Earthquake. Now, uh, before we start even talking about the episode, you know, Andre, you're a Los Angeles native. I just want to talk to you about, did this episode hit close to home? No pun intended. Because it was about an earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, the the thing that shocked me, because the way you see the, the earthquake happen, it makes it seem like it's super, like a really crazy earthquake. And mm-hmm. then later on in the episode, they reveal that it's like a 6.0. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that is way more than a 6.0. Like, that would have been fishy for that cabinet to come down in a 6.0. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. no way. But aside from that, like, the experience of it, like, going through an earthquake, um, I've, I think I was, like, seven when the Northridge one happened, so I wasn't really aware. But ever since then, it's very much, a, like, you're frozen where you're at until, mm-hmm. like, everything stops shaking. Like, I couldn't, I, I wouldn't have the presence of mind to run under, like, a, uh, like, a door jam or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been in an earthquake, mostly because, uh, you know grew up in New York and Florida in two areas that are very much not on fault lines. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely. not your fault. No, but, um, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, it definitely is, um, I think that's so associated with New York, uh, with, uh, LA and San Francisco is the earthquakes. Um, I think, uh, you know, it, it, with good reason. I mean, they're on the, the San Andreas fault is, uh, <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a thing. By the way, before we get into this episode, sure. Did you go back to revisit the credits for last week's episode? I didn't actually, but did it actually say Amy Sedaris in it? It did. It did. Okay, man. so that was an error, as you as you can tell from this episode, obviously, because this episode does feature Amy Sedaris. Um, yeah, looking great. Also. I and and I just I want to that looks nothing like the other actress, but that's not here or there. Um, right. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, Mr. Monk and the Earthquake, what did you think about it as an episode, your feelings about earthquakes aside? Um, I actually, I liked it more than the last one. Um, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was alright. I gave it, like, this, well, I'm not gonna give the rating yet, but, um, no, it was a good episode. I liked it a lot. Um, I was having, like, a hard time figuring out where, where they were recording this. Uh, it must have been Canada or something because it didn't look yeah. like any part of San Francisco I've ever been to. But aside from that, like you know, it's a pretty simple murder. Uh, there's another mm-hmm. one that happens later that kind of just gets the uh, shoved aside. I guess we never mm-hmm. really see the aftermath of that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a good episode. It's solid. I liked it. Yeah, I think there are a lot of good character beats with Monk. I think that as we'll get to the gibber stuff, I think is fucking yeah. hilarious. <laughs> like that's just yeah. Like it's funny when I was watching. Uh, you know, because as, uh, you know, listeners know, at home, back home with the parents for COVID reasons, and, you know, I got a knock on my door uh, last night when I was watching the episode, just a, and, you know, it's my mom, and it comes in, and, uh, you know, she, I'm like, hey, I'm watching Monk, and she's like, oh, which one? 
and I said, uh, Miss, uh, Mr. Monk and the Earthquake, and she just goes, Abdova Dolba Dooba Dooba Like, just, okay, just well. knows it's a gibberish one. <laughs> That's okay. where he speaks gibberish. the only one? Uh, that he speaks it's gibberish in? Yes. Yeah, I don't, as far as I remember, he doesn't speak gibberish again. I feel like they kind of, they kind of, I think you only can really do that once. Um. Okay. It is a funny conceit, but it, it isn't like every time there's super trauma, he speaks gibberish. He does, but okay. he, he does have a, multiple times where extreme trauma does make him respond in funny ways. So don't worry, that's, that's, it's just not gibberish again. Yes, um, I, I, that makes sense. Yeah, so uh, the episode starts off, this is one of those where it starts the cold open, it's just the murder. Um, you see uh, this guy who, I forget his first name, I actually don't even remember the wife's name either. They're not in it that much, Henry, really. Henry, Henry and Christine Rutherford. Yes, Rutherford, I knew it was Rutherford. So Henry Rutherford and Christine Rutherford. Now, I'm just going to say... My first note is, if you're, it's a real gross relationship age-wise, if you're a rich guy and married to a woman that young, I can't in good conscience say you don't deserve to die a little bit. Just a little bit. I don't really feel bad for him, I'm being honest with you. Uh, to be, okay, so when I first started watching the episode, I actually thought she was gonna die, because mm. he was like a weirdo creep, like, exactly. person. Also, my first note is, God, she's listening to some terrible music. Oh, my yeah. God. Although, I, like as someone who... doctor's shit. The thing is, though, as someone who really uh, started listening to music around this time and whose music taste is still very much for- informed by rock radio from 2000 to 2009, like, I don't still listen to that type of stuff, but it's like, wow, this 2002 is a real bleak time for music. Um, no, okay, but, but specifically, the song reminded me of something, and I didn't remember what it was, but now I remember... Uh, I, I think you're safe to say you're probably a John Oliver fan. Uh, I don't watch it actually that regularly, mostly because okay. I can only hear the phrase "to be fair" so many times. Um. Okay, well he had he had this uh, this one story he did on third party candidates, mm-hmm. and so he talked about uh, Jill Stein, and apparently she used to be in, like a rock band, like a Red Hot Chili Peppers type band. That tracks. I think they're I think they're calling Mother's Milk or the song was called Mother's Milk. Also and the tracks. song sounds exactly like that. It's <laughs> fucking terrible. The thing is a lot of times in uh film and television production, I don't need to tell you, uh, you know, Mr. California boy, but they use like I think it's called like sound alike tracks, which are, you know, like licensed free music that like sounds like certain songs. Um, yeah. and it always sounds like garbage. Like, it's always just bad. It's like, oh, the reason why this isn't the actual song is the actual song's good. But anyway, I do take that thing back about that guy deserving to die. Just, I don't know who was listening to this. Um, you know, uh, I, I got a text actually from, uh, uh my, my fake uncle. Uh, do you have fake uncles? Is that, uh, is that, is that something uh, that, uh, happens in the Latin American community? Uh, no, I not really. Oh, okay. Because that the thing is, that's one of the real, rare things that track goes black and white. Both black people and white people have fake uncles and aunts. Um, but I didn't know if it tracked with the Latin American community. Um, but anyway, my fake oh, uncle okay, Rob. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We do have that. It's yeah, no, definitely. You're right. Oh, you do. So that's that's, that's so that is pain, that is cross. There's a got. If we want to relate race wise, I think we all can agree we all have that. Because I was assuming that was just a white people thing, and then I learned it wasn't, and now I learned it's everyone's thing. Anyway. So yeah. my fake uncle Rob texted me about the podcast. So I, I mean, he knows that I don't want this guy to die. But anyway, um, so the, the an earthquake starts, and uh, well, it's, it's first to note that Christine is being very distant and clearly detests just, just this man. Um, and uh, an earthquake starts, and you know, yeah, I wasn't even sure that they were like husband and wife until he starts saying it in a really creepy way. Yes. Yeah, it is kind of a problem. That is how you know that you're really get the gap too big when the audience can't tell. 
So the earthquake starts and, you know, things start falling and like, oh, this might be the big one. Oh, you know. And um, when it's over, uh, you know, Mr. Rutherford starts getting his bearings and Christine sees an opportunity. And you got to give her credit for this. You know, when opportunity knocks, you got to answer, you know. And she uses like a, almost like a crowbar, like a lever type thing to... No, she first hits him in the. She first. Right. Him. Sorry. Right. 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 Sorry. Yes. Yes. She takes, picks up a bust, and hits him in the head with it, and then she uses a crowbar to crowbar down a like draw, uh, like an armoire cabinet type thing. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. with like fine china in it, um, and uh, to crush him, and then you know theme song, um. First and foremost, the immediate thing that comes to mind is like she. I hope she cleaned up that bust because. That's that's good. Fingerprints evidence. gonna be all over it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, the fact that her fingerprints are on it, are on it isn't weird because, like, you know, it was just an earthquake. Maybe she had to move it to like get to the like. That's actually not weird. It's the blood on it because that's true. you really can't bludgeon mm-hmm. someone. Um, but uh, yeah, then we um, you know are met up with Sharona, who Sharona is worried about Benji. Benji's okay, and she's got to get over to Mister Monk because obviously Monk's not okay, and. She gets to Monk's place, and everything is disheveled. And she's expecting that Monk is catatonic. Yeah. But Monk is just... He's fine. Um, he's eating an apple. Eating... eating yep. And then he goes back and starts reading his book. And it, we talked, alluded to it earlier, but... Andre, is Monk fine? Uh, it would seem that way, but he... Uh, it appears some part of his occipital lobe... Lobe? Load? Lobe, 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 uh, was was damaged or like or the, he, he? No, it's asked, not. It's like, not a problem with his lobe. It's that he's having a dissociative episode. He didn't get injured, right? He's just right, no, right, right. But he's but the doc, Doctor Kruger says that it, it like he responds to something with his occipital lobe. And yes. Oh no, that's where it's happening. There's no damage though. That's the thing. Oh, okay. That yeah, it's yeah. just right. that he is having like a such a bad panic that he starts speaking in gibberish as if it's real words, which is a real thing that happens to people. Um, I believe it. I remember that there was a viral video of a reporter um, in, uh, I think it actually was in LA, who was reporting and she had a uh, seizure on air, like not like a regular seizure, but a seizure where that, or is he had like maybe a mini stroke, where she started just, she was looking down barrel of the camera, just speaking like pure gibberish. And then she looks outside because the producer saying something to her and she's like, and the thing is, I remember it was like a viral video because it was like funny, but like this look on this woman's face when she's being told that she's not making words is actually like horrifying. And the thing is that Monk, I'm kind of glad that they didn't go over it because it would be like not funny, but it is actually kind of horrifying. Imagine if you just thought you're communicating with people and they're like, dude, you're just, you're not speaking right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's like the one, that's the thing that people always have with like animals. Like, God, I wish they could talk. So, like, can you imagine just, like, not being able to talk at all? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the most frustrating thing in the world. I know. I, believe me, I have so many fucking podcasts. Lord knows I like to talk. Um, so, yeah. Shorna calls up Dr. Kroger, like you mentioned, because he's speaking gibberish. And, um, Monk doesn't believe that, believe her when she says he's speaking gibberish. Um, and what I had is that, uh... Dr. Roger mentions that he's having a dissociative episode, and Sharona goes, dissociative? And it's like, you're a psychiatric nurse. How do you not know what yeah. dissociative is? <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah, no. It's another case of just acting dumb. Um, but yeah, so, and then there's a great bit where Monk gets on the phone with Dr. Kroger, and is speaking to him on the phone in full gibberish. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it, it go. Well, we'll talk about it later in the end. I I felt like the last application of this was great. Yeah, it's a, it's really a great bit. Um, yeah, and so uh, Sharon ends up seeing on the TV that uh, Henry Rutherford died, and I guess uh, th- she went to the same church um, as Henry Rutherford, which is kind of ironic because I do recall a uh, certain Bible passage about a rich man getting into heaven being something like, what is it, a camel going through the eye of a needle or something like that. That's fine. Um, so she went to the same church of this $44 million net worth guy. Um, and uh, she's like, oh my God, Christine must be devastated. Obviously, of course, we know that Christine did it. Um, so they rush over to uh, the Rutherford. Wait, hold on. And of, cor- and of oh, course, sorry. of course, in some capacity, Sharona knows the victim. Yeah. And not only that, but she only lives about two blocks away from him. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, because, you know, TV. there's only so many people in San Francisco. Yeah. So, they end up going over there, and Monk is looking at the, the wreckage, but he still can't speak. Um, and so he's trying to communicate with her, and <laughs> just every, every time he speaks, when he's not speaking, is it really is just, it's great stuff. You know why I think I'm kind of desensitized to it? Why? I think, like, I would think it's funnier, but, like, I'm currently rewatching Twin Peaks. So, like, all this gibberish talk just reminds me so much of it. Like, because that happens a lot in Twin Peaks. There's, like, mm. the backwards speaking thing. Mm. So, I'm at, at this point, I'm actually trying to figure out what words he's trying to say. Like, mm. the novelty kind of wore off for me. The thing is, that I think that I think I like about this episode, and I think it's impressive, is that it's actually really hard mentally to s- form sentences that are gibberish without sounding like you're like doing it on purpose because when you try to do yeah. gibberish it always will end up being like repetitive like but that's not how people speak like people speak in you know so i guarantee you that it was probably written out i said i said i guarantee you it was probably i guarantee you it was written out as a thing to memorize because you can't your mind actually just can't come up with gibberish that sounds natural because our... yeah, it, it, yeah, you can't. Because even like when he's speaking like this, it sounds like he's saying something in a different language. It just sounds right. It, just it has it has English syntax in it, which is the yes. whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So thankfully, as uh, they're there, Monk's speech comes back um, just in time for Monk to look over at the cabinet to notice a detail, which is pretty obvious. Not to me, but like yeah. if I actually a crime scene investigator there. About the cabinet. What What's the detail he notices about it? Uh, well, it's just that it couldn't... Well, because nothing else on that wall was, like, knocked over at all. Uh, and a detail I like, because it's a detail that is, like, one of those where you can be like, ah, well, you can convince yourself you would have noticed it, that everything on the floor, that the floor is covered in dust from the ceiling, except the back uh-huh. of the cabinet isn't. So, clearly, that means the back of the cabinet fell over after... Came down after. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So... Funnily enough, there's not really much other um, investigating. Clues. Yeah. For the rest of the episode, really. Like, the rest of the crime kind of just comes to them. Um, from that moment, Monk's kind of got it. Like, oh, yeah, this clearly clearly someone pushed this down. Um, and so, yeah, we then we end up... Yeah. yeah, go. Yeah, no, just like, yeah, like you said, like, this is basically the crux of the investigative because everything else just focuses on... Uh, Sharona's sister and like this guy and we'll get to, we'll get to that right mm-hmm. now actually. Yep. Uh, well, first we go to the police station where uh, Monk's trying to convince. Thoughts back, baby. What? 
Stotts back. back. Yep. That he's trying to convince Stotts to, you know, send a unit to investigate or whatever. Um, and uh, he can't spare any. I mean, he can't spare any units. It's uh, there's an earthquake. Um, yeah, everyone's panicking. Yeah, but then he ends up but, signing but, Disher. Yeah, which made me so excited, and I was hoping it was going to be more Disher and Monk, and I was criminally let down by that. Yeah, don't worry. There's good. There's there's a, a lot of Disher and Monk. There's a couple episodes that are just Disher and Monk. It's a good, it's a really good pairing. Um, okay, I like them together. Yeah, they're very funny together. Um, but and then we uh, cut to Sharona and Benji who are trying to get back home, but. I don't know if this happened in any of the earthquakes you've ever experienced, but they can't. A gas line was earthquaked into, so the whole block is shut down. Um, and Sharona is having a really bad day. But then all of a sudden she isn't. Why is that? Because she finds yet another undesirable, or another man, this one with an Aussie accent. And, of course, she just goes boy crazy, as she's known to do. Uh, but this guy, the weirdest thing is, like, he's from, like, he just happens to be in town from Melbourne, the Melbourne Gazette, just covering an earthquake. Like, all right, man, this guy needed to figure yeah. out his story. Yeah, I think that his biggest problem is that, like, he, as we come to find out, he's not actually a journalist. And the Melbourne thing is obviously hard, is a pretty bad cover story. What that tells me is he just can't do accents. Because if he could do an American accent, he could be from anywhere. But... True. Since his dumbass can't do an accent, it's like, well, I guess you gotta be a reporter from Australia. Um, mm-hmm. Also, his name is Daryl, with a D-A-R-R-Y-L, which just does not feel like the way that a white Australian guy would spell it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, and so, you know, Shorna gets to flirty flirt, and, um, you know, uh, he basically is like, let me, do, let me do a story on you guys about the earthquake. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, I can't really help myself from doing accent work. I apologize to the entire nation of Australia. Um. Sorry. But, of course, like, they actually show you, uh, the little side, side thing going on right, right then and there. Um, mm-hmm. which they show, like, a little, I, I forgot how they worked this in, but they basically show you a clip of that Christine Rutherford, like, sweating up the sheets with, with, with uh, Daryl sweating up Darryl the sheets Wright. that's a phrase I've never heard before I like that they're sweating up the sheets cause they're not quite having sex obviously this is TV 14 but the sheets are getting woof man I had to say it man I don't know I know I, I, you know me I, but my whole brand is saying things that I shouldn't say and then saying I had to say it man um, yeah. but yeah, so we basically get the whole gist, which is that Daryl and Christine are in on trying to get, uh, Henry Rutherford's money and she's still not a great opportunity to kill him. Um, and if not for Adrian Monk, honestly, it is a great opportunity to kill him. No, because if there's an earthquake and someone gets crushed by, it looks like a person was crushed by a cabinet. There's, the police are very busy. An earthquake just happened. I really don't blame them for missing that it got pushed on them. <laughs> like, like, right. Especially, you know, when it's like, yeah, I mean, that happens sometimes. People get crushed by stuff in earthquakes. Yeah, people get crushed by stuff all the time without earthquakes happening. So, mm-hmm. plausible. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And then, so Sharona, she has to do what she doesn't want to do. She has to go to her younger sister, Gail. Now, I have a question quickly. Is it, is it supposed to be a joke? That Gail calls herself her younger sister, or is she actually supposed to be her younger sister? Because Amy Sedaris is like eight years older, 
the British Ram. And so... Really? Yeah. Oh, because for me, it's like, oh, definitely, she's definitely not her younger sister. <laughs> That's immediately where my mind went. But I'm also always cognizant of... Uh, I, 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 I'm a stickler for actors and actresses playing people who are around their age. It's something that I notice a lot, and it frustrates me a lot, particularly with younger people. So maybe I'm just very cognizant of, like, younger sister. Oh, come on. Like, Amy Sedaris, don't, don't be stupid. But um, maybe I'm just being uh, too judgmental. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really notice it. For me, it was just like, wow, this is the first time I. Uh, this is the first time I've noticed. Well, she looks great for one. Sure, really oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not debating that at all. No, but but I'm so used to seeing her in like Strangers with Candy or whatever that mm-hmm. show was called that yeah. it's just it was really hard for me to see her like outside of that. I guess the reason I thought it was because I'm like, wait, because 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 I know her from stuff like that. It's like, I mean, she's got to be at least you know forty, and I think and I know I looked up Big Shrimp's age before, so I think I'm like, oh, there's just that just doesn't make sense. Anyway, either right. that or I'm just the worst person alive. There's two possibilities. Um, but she has to go to Gale, and they you can tell they have a very contentious relationship. Um, they have an She's argument. She's got a nice place, though. Oh, she absolutely does. Uh, that um, They had a, an argument about who got, uh, what was it, call ID first. Um, yeah, like, who gives a shit? I mean, that's that's the whole thing, though. Because if you, you know, have a sibling rivalry, it's something you, uh, you argue about. Um but unfortunately, Sharona and Benji aren't coming alone. Yeah. They gotta bring it along. That was my favorite thing to see. I fucking love seeing that when he pops out holding his two luggage. Like, yeah. He looks so innocent. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, Monk is coming to stay with Gail as well. And he's getting the guest room. Which also, the fact that this is a nice loft apartment has a guest room as well. Like, wow. I mean, good for, good for Gail. Um... Yeah, we, we, what does she do for... The, we find out, but she, she she is an actress, is what uh, we learn in a later episode. How often does she show up? Uh, I think she's only in two or three episodes. Okay, alright. But let me say, oh, she's, very, she's, she's very involved with the second one, so I'm, ex- I'm excited to see that. I believe that's actually called Mr. Monk and the Actress. Um, but, uh, um, so yeah, and Monk is, of course, counting the bricks, um... Uh, on in the walls, uh, he gets it to a thousand something, which is really impressive. Um, Twelve hundred. Yes, I really don't remember what Sharona and Gail are talking about at this point. I wrote down the scene as Sharona and Gail slash Monk counting bricks. Probably should have been more detailed with the Sharona and Gail part of it, but must not have been that important. Um, it wasn't that important. Now the next scene uh, I have call- is a Gail Daryl phone call, which Daryl calls the number that Sharona gave him, and uh, Gail immediately starts flirting with him. We know that it definitely runs in the family. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's physically impossible for them to talk to a single man without flirting. Oh, God. Yeah, it's really... It's brutal. Um, yeah. At, at least with Gail, it's played for comedy, but it's like, she's not doing that many different things than Sharona. Like, Sharona is kind of played seriously, and it's like, oh, Sharona's doing the same thing. Ah, uh, no, for real. And it's just like, honestly, I think that's my biggest problem with the show. I like Sharona, I do. But I think she is, like, in charge of basically all the things I don't like about the show. Mm-hmm. Like, she's constantly, like, just getting mad at Monk for pointing out, like, obvious men's flaws. or maybe Yes, not I'm going to so get to there. No, but let's just get this right now. Sharona, if every time Monk points out that a person you're going out with is, like, a murderer, married, or some other thing that you wouldn't want to date them about, why are you mad at him? I get yeah. that. I get you're mad. It's happening, but don't get mad at yes. him. <laughs> no, he's like he's helping her out, and he. 
it's obvious he has no ulterior motives. I just don't understand it, and like it irritates me. But you know, I'll honestly, you know, thing is, you know, the thing is, you and I don't have an eleven-year-old son who needs a stepdad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Benji mm-hmm. needs a male role model in his life, and Adrian Monk is not it. So I can't really speak to it. Um, That's true. Fair. Yes, uh, I am being completely facetious, but I said it in such a tone that like you can't tell. Anyway, next scene. I, 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 I thought. Okay, I thought you were dead serious. Nope, I am absolutely not. Uh, I think it is absolutely stupid. Um, yeah. Especially because, like, if that was what you were thinking about, it's like, hey, I just met this random Australian guy. I want him to be the male role model for my son. However, she might be thinking that because it's not like the what the actual writing is is much more sophisticated than that. Um, but uh, I think I think I think uh, like all these guys with accents have just been. I think at this point she should look for guys who don't have accents. I agree. That's fair. Um. But the next scene, they go to church because they uh, want to meet up with Christine Rutherford. And okay, yeah, because we—I I don't know if we talked, but like basically, Monk at this point, no, like he yeah. thinks it's her. Yeah, right? yeah, I, I think that that's clear because yeah, it, like I said, there's no more evidence gained. Like she, he just knows it's her, um, and meets up with her in the church, and uh, she's lighting a candle, literally for her dead husband, and then Monk gives the old which one. Uh, because mm-hmm. I guess she was married twice before. Had yeah. some previous this fraud charges, and of course Henry didn't know about those because he was the deacon in his church, and uh, he couldn't mm-hmm. have gotten married if he knew uh it, that she had been divorced twice. Now I honestly don't know how much due diligence the Catholic Church does when it comes to t- telling if someone's married. I guess they just take the word for it. Maybe before like the internet was huge but it feels like you could look up whether or not someone was married before like that seems pretty flimsy i mean i was raised catholic but like not you know enough for me to know the ins and outs of the church um yeah so i guess they just take the word for it which i guess is fair because you know it's i don't need some priest trying to google um and uh yeah um the catholic church definitely doesn't do their due diligence on a lot of stuff so um, yeah, anyway, yeah, uh, anyway, yeah, anyway, yeah. anyway, 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 um, uh, Spotlight's a great movie. So, okay, so, um, as they're, you know, they talk so, to Christine, and she's, you know, being combative, or, like, being, like, you know, cagey. She's so fucking guilty, man. Yeah. Like, it's But crazy. the thing, it, to her credit, like, she doesn't have to not be guilty. They're not the police, and, like, what, what the fuck are they gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, there's no evidence. Like, although, True. the, although Monk's evidence is, like, clear to him, you're not gonna indict a woman because there's no dust on the back. Like, there's just, there's, there's yeah, no way sure. that they can prove that. Um, yeah. Well, the only way they can prove uh, something is exactly. Yep. Yes. Well, if we actually don't know about this yet, but yes, there's there is one piece of evidence. There's a silver bullet, if you will, and I'm not talking about a can of Coors Light. Um, so these mountains aren't blue at all. Anyway, so um, <laughs> as they're leaving, they run into Daryl, who walks by. Um, Christine as urging the church and I think that the guy who plays Daryl does a really great knowing that he is with Christine I think he does a really good job of acting pretend being first surprised to see her and then pretending like it's nothing at all like I think that he actually acts that moment really well I don't know if you paid attention to that but I was like how are they going to do this and I think that uh, this Australian guy whose name's like I think it's like Christopher Daddo or something like that which is a funny name um, good job <laughs> 
Um, I, I, no, I, I might disagree with you. I thought he played it off really well at the end, but the beginning, it totally seemed like he fucking oh, knew well, who he was. Yes, well, I mean, that's the whole thing. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that, like, he was... I guess the thing is that I want, I like that he played it in such a way that it was kind of clear because most people are not good enough liars to On not do that. Because he knew that Munker, he was going there because he knew Munker Trono were going to be there, right? Yeah, yeah. So imagine if you are trying to like cover up a crime and you are going to you know meet meet up with the people who are investigating you and you don't realize your co-conspirator slash lover is going to be there. Like I don't know you like it's not like he was expecting her to be there. Um, and then he of course makes a mistake that we learn was a snake later when he asks who's the widow. Who's the widow? Yeah. When of course nothing other than the sad expression on her face would have told him that she had just lost her husband. Um, Correct. It could have been her son, her daughter, her exactly. father, whatever. Exactly, um, but uh, he they don't catch it at the moment. Like Monk doesn't say anything at the moment, um, and uh, they end up inviting him to uh, dinner at Gail's house. And um, yeah, and Monk and Monk right then, right before they get invited to dinner, mm-hmm. he tells he admits to the journalist uh, to Daryl that he thinks that she killed him. Yep. So obviously now he knows he's got to mm-hmm. make some moves. Yes, he's, there's some moves that need to be made, and he's going to make them at Gail's house. So, um, Gail uh, makes, you know, a dinner for them, yada, yada, yada. They're chatting. Um, Not then, even. They ordered Chinese food. Oh, right. Sorry. So, I was thinking later when he makes when she makes the pasta sauce. I apologize to the lovely Chinese yeah. food uh, employees that made that. Um, that they're eating, and uh, he's talking about his journalism, yada, yada, yada. He says he has a Pulitzer, which is, like, I immediately knew his bullshit. Like, Pulitzers are absolutely just for American writing. Like, that's actually uh-huh. a bad lie. <laughs> no, it was a terrible fucking lie. Yeah. And then when he's asked about what it was about, he says it was a, uh, a bridge collapsed and five people died, and he wrote about the, their stories, like there's a rich man, a, like a child, a, a nun, a nun, a maid, just, you know, some sappy stuff that, in actuality, if it was done well and was a real story, actually probably could win some awards. Um, but what we learn later, okay, well, and then we they table that, they go to play some trades. Um, long story short, Monk jo- joins in and he guesses everyone's uh, before they even go. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he first he guesses that Benji's a Spider Man because he saw Spider Man twenty one times. Um, I forget who's next. Is it Gale or Sharona who goes next? It's Gale next, and then what is Gale's? Uh, Do you remember what it is? It was a movie, um, and I don't remember what it was. Uh, not important. Oh, it was about the the the, the, the dinner guest or something. Oh right, right, about, right. Like, yeah, uh, some movie that I feel like the creators of the show saw in film school, which like I that kind of stuck out to me. It's like that's not a movie that anyone has ever seen. Um, least of which, like, yeah. Gale, who's trying to portray as a super superficial person. But then, um, Daryl makes a huge mistake. I don't know, this is just, this is just bad covert operations, where he, uh, does a book, and then, um, Bunk guesses the name of a book about a bridge, which you later learn in the kitchen, is a book that basically has the same plot of what Daryl said his Pulitzer Prize yeah. was about. Just a really brutal mistake. Like now, I don't know if I, I had two ways of reading that scene. Either that Daryl's an idiot, and that's what he actually was going to play in trades. Although I don't think he uh-huh. was going to, because that's an obscure book. I think he just stopped because he knows. Oh, Muck knows, right? Now, I, I think yeah. that he probably. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
Um, now, the long and the short of that is that he shouldn't have chosen a book. Um, and then there's this, uh, yep. yep, there's a comic scene where uh, both, this is a little unrealistic for two women in their 30s to literally be, like, nuzzling up against Oh, Darryl. my God. Yeah. On the couch. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's honestly pathetic for both of them. Um, uh, especially for Sharon. Yeah, Sharon's like, like she's got a young son. son is right there, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Jeez. Um, so, uh, unfortunately for Daryl, he gets a call from Christine while he's sitting there. And he pretends it's his editor. Yada, yada, yada. They need to. They need to take care of some evidence. They need to get to Sharona's house, basically. I'm not right. sure why. Um, and no, we know why. We do. Yeah, because of the voice. No, but at the, at that moment, do we know why? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I know why. Um, yeah. And so he pretends he's going to go to the bathroom, and he grabs a pair of keys from a pocketbook. Something that happened earlier in the episode, which I forgot about mentioning because it doesn't seem like yep. it's a big detail at the time, is that Sharona and Gail right. have the same pocketbook. Um, Gail, of course, thinks it's because Sharona was copying her um, uh-huh. when it turns out they probably just like the same pocketbook. So, yeah. uh, um, I like that you call it a pocketbook. It's like a purse. It is it a purse. Yeah, I don't know why. Those terms are interchangeable in my mind, but I know they're not the same thing. Um, I don't even know what the hell a pocketbook is. Maybe that's just what my mom called it. Um, okay. I don't know. Uh, but in any event, um, so he takes the keys yeah. from somebody's bag. I guess it mm-hmm. ended up being Gail's bag. It ended right? up being Gail's, yeah. I like how he just takes off in the middle of like this thing going on. Mm-hmm. Like, how he long says he's going to go to the bathroom? Back? Exactly. Like, right. Ex- I mean, that's never explained. If you're going to go, okay. Let's say he hypothetically goes in the bathroom and hops out the window, right? If you're going to be at my house and you're going to hop in the window, I mean. Be in the bathroom for long enough for you to go like a couple blocks over at least and break into somewhere and kill a guy, yada yada yada. I'm gonna be sending you a pair of matches under the door. I'm just saying. Like Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um and so he ends up going to Shrona's house, tries to break in the back, and sure enough, the keys don't work. He took the wrong keys. And this poor, poor guy who works for I guess like the electric company or something. The gas company. The gas company's like Hey, yeah, you got a permit to be back here? He's like, oh, so I work for the phone company. Which is like, you know you don't. You're from Melbourne. Stop it. Um, hey, you're there like at 9 p.m. like working for the phone yeah. company. All right. And I so uh, Daryl ends up stabbing this poor guy. Um, just that was a, brutal. Just uh, a, on, an honest man working a good union job trying to get through the day. And he gets fucking Ugh. killed by this worm trying to break yeah. in. It just... Truly, you know, just, you know, there's a lot of despicable crimes on the show, but that one just, like, no motive at all other than this guy just doing his job. This guy's doing his job right. He's trying to help. No, it was really sad, actually. I felt really bad about it. Poor guy. Anyway, Leland and Disher find his body. Well, they don't find his body. They go to the crime scene. It's dumped blocks away. And Stahlmeier, Stotts, has a great moment. Uh Uh-huh. Now, tell Uh me about it, because he has a great moment where he actually notices good evidence. Yeah, he discovers that the body was dumped there. He wasn't killed there because uh, his head was at an incline and all the blood would have flowed and, like, covered, like, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But it was clear that it The, the blood elsewhere. flew yeah. down. His body was laid at an incline where his head was down, but it yeah. uh, the blood went the blood down his shirt. Down the same way. So clearly yeah. he was yeah. murdered somewhere else. Good stuff yeah. by 
Cat very proud. Exactly. We gotta be. I mean, because Monk, you expect Monk to do that. But um, yep. And um, uh, then we uh, cut back to Gales, and Monk is taking a bath in uh, ninety dollars worth of mineral water. Um, yeah, because like the the, the pipes are all rusty. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way. I don't know about you, but there's no way on this planet I think that Monk would ever take a bath anywhere. That's correct. Yeah, Monk would have to di- disinfect the uh, all the surfaces. Uh, yeah, that was the most unbelievable part about this episode. Yeah, he's definitely a shower. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, so yeah, yeah, so they use all the mineral water, and mm-hmm. in the and while that's happening, Disher shows up. Yep, Disher and, knocks uh, on the door. You take us through that. You want to take us through that scene? I mean, Gail really cannot help herself. She sees nope. Disher, and she might as well throw herself on him. And uh-huh. um, she invites him inside to try some of her pasta sauce. Um, but she he shows he shows her his oh, right. cop ID. He's got a mustache. He looked pretty sick. I gotta say. And yes, as you know, I don't know if you guys know this. Andre Brera, noted mustache wearer. Uh, but he says he uh-huh. had to change it so people could tell him and uh, Stoudemire apart, <laughs> which I think is a good <laughs> line. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so, so Disher, like, is here to drop off some the, – the phone records coming from mm-hmm. uh, Chris, or the Rutherford's house yeah. uh, to show, like, where they had been calling. Mm-hmm. And for as soon as, like, he brought that stuff over mm-hmm. – uh, me and my girlfriend were both like, there's zero chance that she actually gives that to Monk when he gets out of mm-hmm. the bath. Mm-hmm. But she does. Yes, I'm. Um, you know, you but, gotta be happy about that. But uh, this also intercut with another scene that Sharona and Daryl are at a bar around lunch. Oh right. And Ugh. Sharona is on at her at least her second martini because she says, "Yeah." Well, she gets a second one, but I think she's on at least her third because she says, "Like I guess I'll have another one," which is like a thing you say. Yeah. That's not when you say one of the second one. When it's the second one, it's like, right. "Yeah, I'll have two. But like, oh, another one's yeah. like. Three, that's a boozy lunch. Not that I'm judged. I mean, do what you gotta do. She's, you know, like, she technically is on the clock, but, like, she's not working. Like, it's, she's good. Like, she can do whatever she wants. Um, but then Daryl makes a suggestion that, honestly, I think he, this is what he should be tried in The Hague for, if I'm being honest. He suggests that in yeah. a bar in the middle of the day that is only lowly playing music, that they dance. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know, man. I I, I don't know what to say. The, I, I'm trying to think words to because facial expressions I could describe it with, but it's just like the contempt I have for this guy. I just imagine you're trying to enjoy a nice bar, a drink, at, you know, on your lunch break. Not that I do that, but if you were the type of guy who did that, um, just you're just trying to get you know just something in you to deal with the monotony of the day, and you see these two morons, damn, I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's just stupid. Uh, so Jake hates dancing. I don't hate dance. I mean, I don't. I mean, I like dancing in situations where dancing is appropriate. I just uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, things I hate flights of fancy is really what my, I'm. I'm. I'm really just against doing anything like you know any stuff like that. Uh, any type of shit that you, yeah. Go. Did you like La La Land? I mean, I did like La La Land, but that's also in the context of a musical where like that's what people do. Because in, in La La Land, no one is asking, well, I wonder why these two people are dancing. When I see this scene of Sharona and Daryl dancing, I'm like, what? I'm wondering in everyone's head, like, what are, what, what's the guy behind the bar thinking? 
Like, he's not thinking, it's oh, like not. It's like 1 p.m., man. What exactly. the hell? It's like, how many martinis did you drink? Anyway. Um, All right, so, yeah, it cuts back to uh, Gail's apartment, and so she's, like, letting him taste the sauce. She's being, like, super sexual with him. Too sexual, and, uh, I would say. It's way, way too sexual. But I love that, that um, you know, she's mentioning that that he's taking a bath right now and Disha realizes, ah, oh, well, there's no chance he'll ever get out while I'm here. Exactly. He could still be taking another two to three hours that, from where... See, Disher knows. Disher, you know, he knows Monk. Um, yeah, he knows the dish. And so she takes the folder. Then we go back to the bar. This actually might be intercut differently, but it all happens at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, Sean's like, I gotta get back, you know, to uh, Gail's by three or whatever. And... She uh, is like, oh, the phone lines are back up. And she goes to check her messages. And she hears uh, on the messages, literally hears uh, Christine murdering Henry. Like, oh, no, what are you, honey? Oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that good stuff. And, uh, and of course, she's caught up in it again. Yeah, uh, she's, she's got a knife for her throat. Um, mm-hmm. And so she's taken hostage. And uh, Monk sees the folder, sees that the last calls that were made were to Sharona, and she know he then gets it. He gets it all. He gets like, oh, this is why Daryl's here. Mm-hmm. All the stuff clicks into place for him, right? Then there's an aftershock. And Monk... Is it, is it an aftershock if it's the day after? I don't know. I mean, that, the show is positioning it as an aftershock because... Yes, yes, yes. I don't yes. know. I mean, you're the seismologist of the two of us. No, I know. I was trying to think about it too. I was like, oh, I think it can. I think it is actually. Yes, I think it is. Um, so there's another quake. Yes, there's quake. another quake, and, and yeah, um, and Monk starts speaking gibberish again, and this leads to one of my right. favorite scenes in Monk probably ever, where Monk uh, starts explaining the crime, and it's like the way he usually does, like in yeah. black and white, and it's all in gibberish. Yes, and then. Uh, like I'm, like, I'm not going to make you explain day. the crime because we already got all through all of it, and also it. he speaks gibberish. So, um, and yeah. then he gets a cab. And Gail, oh, Gail, no. no, but Gail starts trying to translate it, mm-hmm. and so she starts writing. It, no, she starts writing it down. No, he writes like, it. Yeah, no, idea. she asks. She asks Monk to write it down, and it ends up being just what he's saying, like the same gibberish. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, the, yeah, the reason why it's good is because the gibberish is consistent. You can tell when he's trying to say certain phrases, he's saying the same thing over and over again. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he gets in a cab, which I just love, that he's tr- given directions, and the cab driver is, like, being real xenophobic. Real Trump guy, this cab driver. I, yeah, I put a cab driver's canceled. Yes, the real cab Trump. driver is super MAGA, uh, and he's, you know, like, these Koreans taking our jobs or whatever. It's like Tony Schlipp's Lebanese, thank you very much. But, um, yeah. and he's, like, mad at him, and... Uh, they get to the place. They get to the place, and Monk uh, hands him a bill and says, keep the change in English. And I believe yeah. the line is bilingual sons of bitches or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, Very tough. Yes. T- 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 tough look for my guy, the cab driver. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Um, so then, you so know, then they cut... They cut to Sharona's, so- you know, being held hostage at her apartment, yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah. and they go in there and Christine meets Daryl there and, uh, there's a great 2002 moment where they grab her, uh, phone answering machine and they're Driving looking for machine, a tape, yeah. they look for a tape and it's like, it's digital. It's like, man, like, uh-huh. probably should have realized that that was a thing at that moment. Um, yeah, same. It took me back. And they're going to take it with them, I guess, instead of just destroying it right then and there, which seems ill-advised. Um, 
But okay. I'm also not a murdering psychopath, so, uh, you know. Um, no, you should take it with you, because then if you destroy it, then it looks like there's something else hidden, you know? That's true. You're right. You're right. Although, I don't... Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. But anyway... Um, I guess either way, either way, if you took it, then they'd yeah. be like, all right, well, there's... Yeah, also, yeah, cause in, 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 if, cause if Sharona is dead, because they're going to have to kill her, because they took her hot, you know, right. so... I think that the, 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 at this point the plan is kind of just they're they're not the end game is them just getting it's away. It's falling apart. It's I think it's less about yeah. them fully getting away with it if that makes sense. They want to get away. Um, yeah. The thing is like I, I think a lot of times people something I hate a lot is when people talk about movies and TVs where they talk about plot holes when their plot holes are just like characters uh-huh. making bad decisions and it's like have you ever been in real life before like. If you're under the stress yeah. of trying to get away with two murders, you don't make great decisions. Anyway, so I, it fully tracked yeah. that they would still be thinking, like, we gotta get rid of this tape. Even if you think for a second, it's like, you should just cut bait and run right now. Um, yeah. But Sharona makes a good decision, and she uh, pulls down, uh, basically, like, a chandelier. It's like a piece of ceiling. Yeah, yeah, and, like, all the ceiling falls on them. And there's, they start fighting, and, and Monk comes and starts to try to help, and then... Uh, yeah, he smacks her yeah. in the face. Mm-hmm. I mean... And then Monk grows a spine, mm-hmm. jumps on him. Uh huh, and, um, and who saves the day? Captain Leland Stahlmeyer comes in, saves the day, and says something that is open and shut police brutality. Where he says, "How are you talking with that broken jaw?" Uh-huh. And then he punches him in the face. Now, yeah. I don't endorse. I mean, I, during this climate, I can't endorse any of that. Um, however, it, if he was not a police officer and it was not police brutality, that's a great line. <laughs> yeah, he's talking with a broken jaw, uh-huh. and then you punch him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was great. I really like that. Um, um, yeah. And then uh, they get arrested, yada, 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 and we go back, and uh, Monk is in a clean apartment. He got a team to clean his apartment. And what is he doing again? What is this guy doing again to Sharona? He's stiffing her on payment, dude. It's fucked. It's really messed up. As if up. this guy doesn't... As if he doesn't know, like, Benji, and, like, they're, like, cool with each other. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, what are you doing here? It's like, she's, you know almost dying over a case and you're out here being like trying to he's pretending to speak gibberish so he doesn't have to pay her like man adrian just pay the lady yeah yeah it's really it's really tough i hope at some point she gets more her to be fair she put herself in the situation this this time yeah and in most and in some of them that I've seen before, yeah. but at the same time, she does so much for the guy. Exactly. Like, even so, it's like, you know, if you if she didn't go above and beyond and get herself put into murderous plots, she still deserves to get paid, Adrian. Um, yeah. But anyway. Um, so that's the episode. Yeah, that's the episode. Um, uh, what would you give it uh, out of 10? Um, like I said, I I like it more than the, than the last one, but I gave it the same rating. I gave it a 7.5. I would give it a 7.5 as well. Uh, anyway, though, um, thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, I, I don't want to speak for Andre, but I'm really enjoying doing this a lot. Having two regular Monk episodes to watch a week is a great thing during quarantine to keep, you know, yourself sane. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. It, uh, it adds a certain levity to my life, uh, when I'm not watching, like, Perry Mason or I May Destroy You or just other brutal brutal like television mm-hmm. it's a really nice uh once i hear the theme song i i get in a certain state of mind yes it is definitely something that takes you in, it, it, it puts you in a nice mood uh you know you kind of know what's happening you know the bad guy's gonna cut out the end and you know that monk's against some hijinks and it's just i mean it's great tv 
Uh, if it wasn't, I wouldn't be doing the show about it. Unless it was, like, really, really, really bad TV, because there is definitely... If a show is, like, bad enough, you can do a podcast about it. But, like, it's got... If it, it, no one's making a show about... Like, no, no one's making a podcast about, like, average TV. Like, no one is out here making a podcast about... Um, what's, Days of Our Lives? N- no, because that's, like... I can see that that's, like, a lot of fanfare. No one is making a uh, podcast about Bull. No one's making a podcast about the show Bull with Mike Weatherly. No one, no one's doing that. Um, well, I think there's a reason for it, a pretty good one. Oh yeah, Mike Weatherly's a noted horrible person on set, yada yada yada. But even before that, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry, Bull came up at dinner night. My parents were both big Bull fans. Um, but what a load of Bull. That, I mean, that's what I said. Uh, anyway, you can follow the show at Strictly Munkin. That's no G on the end. At Strictly Munkin, one word. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the J Christie. Andre, where can people find you? At Andre Barrera. And you can. F- and oh. hold on, before go. we get to this, go. Uh, I saw obviously on Amazon Prime. I saw who's in the next episode, and I'm fucking stoked. I know it, this is truly one of the most bizarre things to ever happen. This is the first season of a basic cable show, and. If you if this if this person's important to you, and I'll be honest with you, I'm gonna be frank. This person's actually not that important to me. Like he doesn't actually mean anything to me. Um, I didn't grow up right. with him, uh, but I think it is crazy who's in this next episode. And I'll save that if you don't know. If you don't know, then I'll save it for next week because next week we are covering Mr. Monk and the Red Headed Stranger. Let's get monkey.